It's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. I'm hungry. And for you? Whiskey. No whiskey. What? This is a family establishment. Chicken mate shakes is one thing, but if you want whiskey on top of it, you boys best keep moving on. About turtle pie? It's really good. Delicious. It's better than whiskey. I bet. Not my turtle pie. Flip. Not blended. Panels to Pixels, Preacher Season 4, Episode 3. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And Steve, we're talking about episode three, Deviant, and this was a really enjoyable episode in my in my opinion. Uh, I really like the action and everything that went on into it. Yeah, and I, I love the I love the episode. I I, I want to say I'm, I'm really enjoying the season, and I really hope that this this whole back and forth kind of we we talked about it in the last podcast. This back and forth kind of storytelling method uh, you know i hope it ends up working and this well we'll get into it when we get in our top five but let me let me <laughs> let's do a synopsis for episode three deviant and just a reminder to everyone who's listening to us this is a spoilerful review of preacher season four episode three uh, so if you have not already watched the show and you don't want to get spoiled or anything stop now go back watch the show and then come back to us yeah go watch it what are you yeah, doing here? What, why are you even listening to us if you haven't watched the episode already? <laughs> like, I don't even know why we have to give this disclaimer, but we do it. Every podcast does it. Anyway, yes. so in this episode, we get to see uh, what happened when Jesse went into the entertainment house last episode when he got his boots back. We uh, we get reacquainted with Eugene and the Saint as they take a little break uh, from their travels and uh, um, get something to eat. And uh, we have Cassidy making a new friend and he's facing possible relocation. And Tulip is psychoanalyzed by a real creepy doctor. And we get a, a one small high highlight of the episode is we get a Hoover too. (laughs) (laughs) Along with everything else that happened in this episode. Oh yeah. So Mark, why don't you kick off our top fives? Sure. My number five would be, I still laugh even though it's bad, but Cassidy getting circumcised over and over again, (laughs) but now in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, uh, the opening scene is just got, it just got me with, with like the advertisement that they used as like a facial cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like what is this erotic facial cream? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. That that got me, and it made me laugh a lot. 
Yeah, and I, I love it. That's my number five as well is this, this opening kind of opening scene. And I love if you notice on the bottle, it actually said now with more force. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, uh, that's, that's what kind of when I first, when I first saw this started when it went, when it, you know, when the title card comes up and it says Bensonhurst, I'm like, what? What's going on? And then we see, you know, we see Cassidy, we see this little machine that's cutting him and he's regrowing. And, and then we realize that when we see, when I see the bottle, we realize that, okay, this is some kind of, or we see, you know, when we see Cassidy get thrown into, back into the cell, we realize that, oh, okay, this is like a, this is like an, either in his imagination or maybe, you know, maybe, uh, the the mobster guy is is Frankie Toscani is describing to him what he's going to do to him and that's what what we're seeing here we're not actually seeing uh, something that's going to happen. I mean, maybe it's going to happen. We don't know for sure. But uh, uh, so it, it did. It did make me laugh. Like I said, when I saw that, now with more, <laughs> I want you to key in on the the point, everybody. If you didn't hear me, now with more foreskin, <laughs> <laughs> like it had some before. <laughs> And now there's yeah because they got more of a Cassidy. <laughs> ew, ew! I just he could regrow oh. it, regrow it, and they cut it. They regrow it, <laughs> make more ears out of it. I don't know. <laughs> ew. Oh, so what was your number four? Uh, that would be Arseface and the Saint of Killers. How they get along, and the Saint get saves Arseface at some point. It seems both are growing on one another in some way, just the way they're getting along, especially in the diner and then after the scene after, you know, it's like he, the St. Killer comes and saves him. Yeah, I, I actually had this down in my notes uh, a little bit about this this whole the, these guys together, and I think it's a really kind of a cool – we got, you know, we got bits and pieces of it, but now we're getting the real – road trip of Eugene and the Saint of Killers here. You know, we see uh that that Eugene and, and what occurred to me as I watched this a couple times this week is Eugene is still an innocent for as much as he's gone through. Yeah. I mean I forgot until he said I've got my learner's permit. I I forgot that he was like 16 years old. Yeah. When this whole thing started. And so he's still just a kid. And despite all the stuff that he's been through, you know, not like <laughs> Like not knowing what a glory hole is and, and that, um, but, <laughs> oh, that was um, terrible. just the innocence, the innocence that he has and then, and the innocence that he's holding on to. And I really, part of me hopes that he's able to hold on to that innocence throughout the, the rest of the, the series that, that he never loses that. I really hope that that happens because I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, when they're in the car, he's praying for that the man who Saint killed is going to go to heaven. He's praying that, that God will forgive the Saint for killing that guy. And, and we just see that Eugene is a genuine character here. He's not, like I said, he's just an innocent. And I sure hope we don't lose that. Oh, same here. Uh, I always thought. Eugene as being an innocent, and he was thrown to hell by Jesse uh, just at a a word, you know, just because of the words and everything he used on a whim. Yeah, and it, he's been there. He had to go through that during how many seasons was that? Two or three? Just just season. Yeah. Well, he he got sent there about uh, I want to say towards the end, about three quarters of the way through season one is when he disappears. Yeah. And, and Jesse sins in hell. We don't see him again until the beginning of season two. And that's when we actually see him in his hell in season two. And then he and Hitler escape from hell 
And then in season three is when the saint came after them and was going to bring them back. But he, I don't remember how he convinced the saint not to take him back to hell with him. And the saint went and killed Satan. And he only took, he ended up only taking, that's what it is. At the end of season three, Eugene basically gets the saint to admit that he doesn't, that Eugene doesn't deserve to be in hell. And so the saint doesn't take him back to hell, but he does take Hitler back to hell and he kills Satan. And that's when season three, the towards the end of season three is when Hitler assumes Satan's role as being in charge of, of hell. So he was basically in hell for about half a season, maybe, maybe depending on how far into season one it was when he went down there. So, but like I said, I love the fact that it hasn't, it hasn't taken away his innocence. He's still that same kid. Yeah. And I think that kind of ran true through the comic from what people told me. I should really have read (laughs) the trade on it, but I have not. But uh, I've got, I've still got the first one, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It's, it's. Definitely something to be picked up. Uh, also, read it with a grain of salt, because obviously this is kind of wacky. <laughs> Just like I said, yeah. as wacky as the boys uh, are, but also that's another Seth Rogen property that <laughs> is on Amazon Prime. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so we're on brings to, us to your number four, right? My, my number four, yes. My number four is uh, the closed captionings uh, for, the ad- for the app called this character Archangel. Is what they call he. He says, "I like my vision of what an archangel would be is not what this guy looks like." But yeah. okay, that's what. Uh, but I just loved him bonding, trying to bond with Cassidy. He starts by trying to call out to Cassidy's kind of violent nature. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna rip him to shreds and we're gonna tear him apart." And then when he sees that Cassidy is basically a a broken man at this point, he's he's resigned himself to his fate that he's going to be taken away and he's going to, you know, this is going to be his fate. This, this being chopped up for facial cream for the rest of his life. And so I love that when that doesn't really work for him to ingratiate or to, to him to get on, get into to Cassidy's mind, kind of, he kind of changes tactics and he, he starts saying some, some good things. You know, he does this quote from Hoosiers mm-hmm. uh, where, and I thought what was really interesting to me about the whole Hoosiers quote was he says, when they almost won the championship. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that movie before, and I'm pretty sure they win at the end. Um, so I'm not sure what movie he was watching. And I even looked it up to make sure I was remembering it correctly. And yes, in the movie they win, and in real life they win. So I don't know if that was supposed to be a, a jab at uh, the unrealisticness of the movie, even though it is based on a, a, a true story. But I just I thought that was funny uh, also. And just the fact that uh, uh, he ends up, you know, turning Cassidy kind of to his side and, uh, and they become friends. They're where they're singing drinking songs by the end of the, the episode. Yeah. That got me too. As well as since uh, it also, when he was having that conversation with the archangel, he was drumming up like a lot of memories and thoughts of when he became a vampire and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is right. Leads us right to your number three. Yeah. And that my number three would be, you know, definitely Cassidy's history, you know, that we see in this episode when he became mm-hmm. a vampire in Ireland. You know, we get that historical view of what it was to, and the reason why he didn't reconnect with his own family. That was really awesome to see, and and why he left his family is because he couldn't really live there. 
it was a little bit more of an insight into Cassidy, and I, I just feel that he's such an interesting character, and I'm glad I, we're actually getting to get all this information about the character, even though it's like we've had little snippets here and there, like with his son and like his adventures and everything else. Yeah, I had this again. This is another one of those things that I had down in my notes is uh, the fact that we find out that his first name is Proncius. Literally, I had to back up on the closed captioning. It, it, Proncius, P R O I N S I A S. I think I spelled it down. In the uh, is his is is Cassidy's actual first name. Uh, they say it uh, several times in the episode, and I, I just thought that was interesting. I've never heard of that name before. And we also get confirmation. I know we did kind of discussed this uh, in our last podcast that if he was turned into a vampire in 1916, that means definitely he was a vampire when he fathered. Dennis, because Dennis wasn't a hundred years old <laughs> or over a hundred years old. Dennis was like 80 or something like that. So he definitely had fathered Dennis. And I believe as I was looking, doing some research on this, uh, in the, the preacher wiki, um, the character of Dennis, I believe is not in the comic book. So we don't have that relationship there. So this is that, that was something that was just put in, I believe for the TV show. So, we don't have that that mythology of, of a vampire fathering a child. But it makes for interesting TV, which I like. Oh, it was it was great. Oh, yeah, it was great to see that and just great to know that. It just I just found it interesting that if you work out the continuity of it, if they really time it worked out the continuity that it had to be he was a vampire when he fathered Dennis. Meaning that his other parts are still working. Apparently so. <laughs> that's the that's the, the impression I get. <laughs> so that brings us to my number three. Yes. Uh, is that angel feather? And I really liked that. Again, that was another one of those things that, that we see. We just get a quick glimpse of after Cassidy has told the angel about his past, about how he was changed into a vampire. We see this, the angel kind of, we hear this fluttering and that angel feather kind of floats down and sets in front of Cassidy and we don't see it. It's, it happens because I had to back up and check this out, um, on different watchings of it because i couldn't remember where it happened it happens about 20 minutes into the episode but we don't see that feather again until the very end of the episode when we see that cassidy has it in his hands so i'm uh i'm gonna be interested to see how that feather plays into cassidy's escape attempt i'm assuming he's gonna try to escape now that he's he's been given and i the, the impression i got from his relationship there with the angel is that He's not broken anymore. He's back to, he's got some sort of sense of purpose. He's got some sort of way that he's going to be able to get out of this. Cause you know, he's got that, you can see that smile under the mask as they're taking him away at the end of the episode and he's got the feather in his hands. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes back for the angel or if Tulip releases the angel. Cause you know, right there at the end of the episode, we have Tulip breaking into his cell and seeing the angel there and the angel saying, Oh, I missed him. I miss him already, you know, <laughs> and, and then Tulip runs out. And so we don't know if maybe Tulip's going to go back and release the angel. We don't know if we're going to have this guy further down the road, but that that's, I'm going to be looking for that next episode to see if we, if we get the angel back into the, uh, into the regular narrative. Now, that would be awesome though, to have the angel there. Yeah, and I don't know if he's a, a character in the comic book or not. Me neither, but I, I think it's a really interesting character to have. It would yeah. be, think, if you remember the movie Michael with John Travolta, mm -hmm. having an angel around. And yeah, uh, who knows what powers that the angel has. I don't know if it would be through suggestion or wh whatever, 
You know, he yeah. is an archangel, is like what you stated before. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So your number two? Yep, my number two would be Tulip's vision of what she thinks of Jesse while in the hospital. Seemed to be a little drug induced, but there was something there. I'm not sure what. <laughs> But there was something, some sort of underlining meaning in it because it looked like he was attacking her, putting her down. And was that her own interpretation of how she feels Jesse is towards her subconsciously or is... Is that the drugs talking, you know? Yeah, and I didn't, I couldn't tell. This is my number two as well. I couldn't tell if this was a dream that she was having or, or like you said, like a vision, like he's having visions of, of them. And I, I also, I was really surprised at the wording as she's recalling reading the letter that he left that it just seemed out of character yes. for him, uh, to call her, you know, a lying, cheating, B word, you know, and, and so I, I really was, I'm interested to see going forward if we find out if that's actually what was written in the letter, if maybe God, you know, came in and switched the letter, switched the words of the letter, or if that's actually how Jesse feels towards her. Maybe he does. Maybe he feels that betrayed at the fact that she had sex with Cassidy. And if you remember, if you go all the way back to the first season, when she and, and Cassidy have sex. She tells him, don't ever tell Jesse. Be- and, and Cassidy thinks, oh, it'd be fine. I can tell him and it won't matter. But she very pointedly in the first season told him, don't you ever tell him yeah. that, that, we, that we had sex. So, you know, I don't know if maybe she just knew that that was going to be the, the, the breaking point for the relationship or, you know, if she's in. So it's going to be interesting in the next episode to see what what comes of that that part of it or that was the purpose or reason why they were no longer together because there are other underlining things that we don't know about when they initially broke up and when he left mm-hmm. uh originally to pursue being a preacher and all that oh well that was be- it was because so if you remember and you may not I can't remember if this was in the second season or the third season is the reason he left her to go back to his daddy's church is because she lied to him. They were trying to have another baby. If you remember, yeah. she, the, the reason they, they, they killed Car, she wanted to kill Carlos was because she lost her baby when Carlos abandoned them at the bank heist. And then when it goes to the flashbacks of when he left her to go back to Anvil, he discovers that he's trying to not do crime. Is what he's trying to, he's trying to not be a criminal and yeah. he finds out that she's been a criminal, she's been doing criminal Still. activities. Yeah. And that she's been lied, she's lied, lied to him about it and that she's also been taking birth control when they've been trying to have another child. And that's the breaking point for him when he leaves and goes back to Annabelle is when he discovers that lie. Which makes me think though, if she tells Cassidy, not to say anything to Jesse, maybe we don't know if she's pregnant. <laughs> maybe, I, yeah. I think it's been I think it's been long enough that we would have we known already. Yeah, sort of, yeah, or some sort of sign, or they would have would have. I mean, in especially all that she's been through with dying and coming back to life. You never know. You know. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's possible. I wouldn't put it past the show, but I really think I think we've had. I, I mean, they don't give us a time frame of how long it's been from the first season to now. Exactly. That, I, that's I the only reason why it comes to my brain. 
Yeah, it's possible, maybe, maybe. Because it sounds to me like the way everything is going from the first three seasons, that like it was a matter of like months. Yeah, I like I said, it's it's an inner it's it, you you bring up an interesting thought that 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 might be, but I just don't. I just I I think that would be a stretch if the writers tried to bring her being pregnant into it. I think that would be a uh, yeah. a, a stretch for me anyway. Be reaching but out. <laughs> you you never know. So you're number one. Uh, my number one. Well, well, this is a doozy because I was like, I was smiling and grinning ear to ear with this one. Uh, Jesse's attack in the house, trying to get Tula back. The music was from one of my favorite music artists, Dick Dale, in the very beginning, but it then it turns, it switches towards the end. Plus, the visual was amazing in it. It looked like a classic portrait of a painting. I'm not going to say biblical, but <laughs> in a sense that it was widescreened, it was shot in the way it was. Then you had that cool, you know, Matrix point of view with the sudden stop motion uh, during the middle of the scene when Jesse's fighting and battling all these people. But nobody's ever taking him down at some point in certain areas. It's pretty funny. Uh, it, it was a painting within the scene to be of violence, though. It was, it was just consistently going. Yeah, it was it was really good. And when I went back and rewatched that specific scene, actually, I backed it up to watch to watch just that that sequence was really really good because it does it starts out it actually goes the other way around from what you said. It starts out with the Nutcracker Suite is the first orchestra kind of thing as the as the fight starts. Then it goes into uh, I think Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty, and then it goes into the Dick Dale kind of surf music uh, kind of thing. And when it goes to the Dick Dale, what what you were talking about. There's a there's a, a a shot that widescreen shot you're talking about is great because it actually does look like a comic book panel because it's 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 broken up into three basic screens yeah. almost and you see the action with Jesse in the middle and the people coming from the sides coming at him and attacking him and you actually if you watch you see you can see other people on the side of that scene pushing others to him and some trying to run and people grabbing them and it's a really great and just the way it was shot and everything about that scene is is really really cool and it reminded me a lot of when in the Chris Nolan Batman when I think it's uh the Ra's al Ghul character tells Batman, I'm going to teach you how to, how to fight thousands, mm. you know, cause that's basically what Jesse's doing here. He's fighting 30 or 40 people all by himself, mm -hmm. you know, and, and succeeding. And it was great because as I watched it, I didn't notice it on the first watch, but on the second watch uh, and the third watch, you can actually see when that bullet goes through that door. You, they actually, the way they film it, they show you the trajectory of the bullet and you see the sunlight coming through the bullet hole of the door. Huh. When it's, yeah, you can actually see he shoots a guy and then it's the next shot after that. And we see, I don't know if we see the track of the bullet or if we see the sunlight coming through the hole in the door is, I think that's the way it is, is you actually see the, the sunlight coming back through the hole that that next shot causes through the door. So even though, you know, we don't know until he opens the door what has happened to that bullet, but we definitely see that that bullet was was fired, maybe not by Jesse because he was holding the other guy's hand on the gun when that bullet fired. But uh, it, it was interesting to see the second, third time when I that you can actually see. And then 
you know, it's, it's, I wonder if that's partially why Jesse descends into such a dark play. I mean, he crushes that guy's skull. Yeah. When he comes back up and he just, just violently and to the point where when the pilot sees it, even the pilot is like, what kind of preacher are you? You know, cause he's seeing Jesse just stomp this guy's head. And so, you know, Jesse's, we've seen this before, especially when he leaves Tulip or when, when it's, when he feels that he's, he's been, uh, his heart has been broken by Tulip. He, he kind of descends into this very dark kind of violent place. And yeah. so I think it's going to be interesting what we see from Jesse going forward. And your number one? My number one is just Tulip and that creepy doctor. You know, <laughs> I, I really, when, when he, when he touched your shoulder the first time, I remember going, ooh. And then when he did it the second time, I was like, ooh, buddy, this is a bad, you're, you're walking into a bad situation here. And then she tells him, you know, you've just touched my shoulder twice and I'm fine. And then he grabs her a third time and you just know it's going into a fight. And that was just another one of those great fight scenes where we've got a, a great kind of rock and roll kind of song yep. going. I'm really glad we've gotten back to the, the music with these fight scenes because I, I missed that in the first couple episodes. And that ink, that whole ink blot test scene when he's showing her the ink blot and she's like, Oh, that's blood spatter from a 44 caliber. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's blood and brains. Oh, that's intestines. Oh, wait, wait. And some blood and brains. <laughs> and it just, it just, it just made me laugh. And then when Featherstone comes to the, to the clinic, when she's figured out that Tulip is there in Masada and she finds the bed that Tulip was in and she looks at it and she, and obviously he's written that she's a lunatic on the chart. And she says to the doctor, you released her and she's a lunatic. And the doctor goes, well, there's no cure for that. You know, like, like just, like just absurd that. So I, I just really, that whole, that whole scene with her and when the, when the nurse sticks her with the tranquilizer and she's like, you know, nobody touches and she falls out. Yeah. It's just, it's just great. And I I just, I just love, uh, I'm really enjoying the, the editing of the show, the camera work, what they're doing, the, the kind of different things that they're doing. Like, like we talked about with that whole chase scene through the dust and the and the 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 ravine last episode and now we have these these couple of fight scenes like you were saying i love i love those scenes when you see a character when a knife is coming at them and they kind of and they do that freeze frame thing where the where the character leans back and the knife barely misses them i just think that's a really cool cool shot yeah to do so so those were our top fives yeah, I had a couple of quotes here that I thought was really. I loved when uh, they they go to the diner and Eugene orders his his uh, chicken meat shake and uh, Saint tries to order whiskey and the the waitress says this is a family establishment family establishment chicken meat shakes is one is one thing but if you want whiskey on top of it you boys best keep moving on yeah. and uh, I really that white that waitress reminded me a whole lot it wasn't the same actress but a, uh, reminded me a whole lot of. The, the you know the pianist from the first season who was a waitress as well um, she would have died in Anvil obviously when the the town blew up yeah but she reminded me a lot of of her I thought that was really really great the one I have would be great I've never been a great hemorrhager before <laughs> <laughs> that would be Tulip 
Yeah, that was it. And then my, my last one was just the, the, at the end there when he's got the pilot and they're in the, in the car and he's forgotten his pants and uh, he tells the pilot, you don't need your pants. <laughs> so he says, we're going to the airport and I don't need pants. Just, <laughs> this pilot guy is funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, the second one would be the, the kid or was it Jesse that states it? I forget. No, it's the kid. You got it right. All right. Yeah, so he, yeah, the kid that Jesse say or that steals from Jesse actually in the very beginning. Was it with the boots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kid goes, "A kid at, that is making 35 bucks an hour in a third world country, you have a problem, bro?" <laughs> and that was to yeah. Jesse after he gets her and it looks like she's doing tricks in in the house. <laughs> For, yeah. for creepy old men. And and she seemed okay with it, which yeah, is well, wild. She's making 35 bucks an hour in a third world country, you know? I mean, I can't fault it. I mean, I just, uh, no, I'm with you. I almost had that one as, as one of mine as well. Had a couple of notes here that we haven't talked about yet. We briefly talked about, I, I briefly mentioned Hoover 2, in the in the synopsis, but I really like that Hoover too is not is not being just a yes man. You know, when when he asks him the question, you know, do you do, do you think I'm beautiful or attractive or something like that? The the guy very plainly says no. And then when Featherstone comes in and she's telling him talking about Tulip, he's like, well, she's very clearly hysterical. You know, <laughs> so uh, I just I, I just kind of like this guy, and I, I'm interested. To see. I was really, I mean, I would not have put it past Featherstone to pull out her gun and shoot him. Right when he when he said that, but there's probably you know she probably has more self control than that, especially with the All Father right there because he's probably got to give her the order to kill somebody. And then that that conversation between Hitler and Jesse was kind of interesting. You know, first off, the 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 fact that that Hitler apparently can travel back and forth now, as I guess because he's in charge of hell, yeah. he can just do whatever he wants and travel back and forth. The fact, the fact that Jesse hasn't ever met him, but he knows exactly who he is as soon as he sees him. I thought that was, that was interesting. And just their whole conversation where he makes, makes Hitler choke himself and tells him that he's got a power and he's going to find God. And Hitler's like, no, you're not going to find God. And you know, which is, which is another kind of funny thing because we know every step that Jesse's been so far, God has been there. Yeah. You know, God was in Masada when, or came to Masada just after Jesse left. And then he was in the house there at the end of the, the episode. So we're getting that idea that we talked about in the last podcast that God is kind of, you know, controlling these things, or this is all part of his design, as Eugene keeps saying. Which we see at the end, too, if you think about it, because he's laying everything out in like figure form and maps and little things, like a little yeah. play set. Exactly, exactly. So. Yeah, I, I thought the, uh, the the show as a whole was was really fun to watch. This episode pr- particularly, you know, I, I really had a good time watching it. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed. It. Like I said, I've I've now my pattern has kind of become I'm watching these things three times, and in the third in the third watch, I'm kind of I'll back it up and I'll fast forward and I'll rewind and I'll I'll watch specific scenes. And, and things, cause I'm trying to, to find, to see if there's any other differences between the broadcast version and the, the app version. 
But yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed this one. I watched, like I said, when I watched it, I watched it three times and I even went back and specifically watched that fight scene in the house an extra time just to see kind of what was going on there. And I wanted it to see what was going on with the feather. So I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's, I'm anxious to see going forward. Uh, I'm going to check again and see if it's 10 episodes or 13, but yeah. Definitely. So that was pretty much it for like our overall notes. But in comic talk, uh, I just want to bring up everybody. If you're an Avengers fan, Marvel fan, uh, Avengers Endgame came out on Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray. I got it on 4K Blu-ray. Just watched the extra credits, obviously, last night real quick before I went to bed. And like all the bonus features and everything, I watched that. Does it have the Captain America deleted scene with the Red Skull? No. Okay, because I I read an article about that, and I wondered... I have the disc, but I haven't had a chance to explore it. I didn't yet, see it so. in there in any deleted scene. Because they talked about that there was a, a deleted scene that had the, the meeting between Captain America and the Red Skull. Yeah, all he would say is, Steve, <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the coolest part is that you get the tribute to Stan Lee, and mm-hmm. that brings a tear to your eye when yeah. you watch it, and then... Uh, definitely the, what they should have left in the actual movie itself was everybody kneeling. Well, except for Gamora and walking away because that was Gamora of 2014, not of Gamora of what, five years later or something like that. Yeah. I haven't, I I haven't watched it, watched it yet. So I need to, I need to watch it again. Even after three times in the theaters, I'm, I'm still, I'm anxious to rewatch it when I get a chance. And seeing it on 4K on my TV with a 4K Blu-ray player and a 4K TV, it was amazing. Uh, I just so it is worth it. Is that it, what you're saying? Definitely worth it. I you know add that to your collection. I'm hoping that they would have an unedited version come out, and I'm hoping at, by Christmas. Come on, you know that they're going to do something that to market and get more money out of it. Yeah, because I would hope so. apparently the fight scene when Thanos finally comes in and attacks that fight scene, there was like they said there was like 18 minutes more footage. Hopefully they resolve all the extra footage that they had that of CG and they just add it in. So uh, that would be interesting from the deleted scenes that they had. It would make it cooler, make it longer, but and fun. Yeah, and, you know, like a director's cut, and I think yeah. that would be best. Oh, I'm sure they are because didn't they? I didn't go see it, but they came out with a like an extended cut, like that had a few more minutes in it in the theaters a couple months ago. That's what pushed it. That's what pushed it over. Yeah, Avatar was, and I can't remember what somebody said. It wasn't anything story related. They didn't have anything finished though. It was all uh, animatics oh, and certain scenes. Okay. So, I, if I went to go see that, I would have been upset for the fact that I'm sorry. I want to see a finished product. If you're right. going to add in these scenes, and okay, it's like, so oh. it wasn't actually finished scenes. It was, oh uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah, it's like, why would you throw the, oh, you just want people to see this so that yeah. you get, you know, obviously I wanted it go past Avatar myself and be the number one, which it finally right. did. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. But the thing is, is that I would want to see all that stuff finished. If you were trying to figure that out, you would spend the extra money that you've already made from the movie and put that into, you know, yeah. doing a finalized and just editing that stuff in. And then there you go, re-release it out. Yeah, that's but, a little disappointing. You know, hopefully they'll do that for the director's cut and then add the extra 17 minutes of footage that they deleted out from the fight scene. 
So, so I have I have one podcast recommendation that I want to put out for you guys, and that's the Warrant Is All on Solo Talk Media. That's a Killjoys podcast that I send in feedback to. Also, as Mark and I have already mentioned, is TV Podcast Industries is doing a review of The Boys. We will probably do a review of The Boys uh, after we finish up Preacher. Cause, yeah, uh, we'll do it as a whole all. for the whole yeah. uh, season. And there's some tidbits in there that I like to throw in there. That yeah, I, 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 I want to talk some about information. it. Yeah, I, so I finished. I finished the series. The the boys season one now. So I, I I'm I'm interested to go back and watch it again and write down some notes for a podcast for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the, these are yeah. Um, that there would probably be an extra long one. Uh, so that way you'll probably be about an hour and a half, two hours, depending on if we get people on it. But. You know, my feeling is I, I think that's one that uh, deems credit to actually do a podcast about just to review it as a whole for the season. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I loved it. But it, it kind of made me cringe at times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those that y- it's if you're a comic fan, uh, even if you never read the trade like I did, I never read it, but I heard about it. And it made me want to go see it. Now it's making me want to go find an old trade of it. And I have to go to my comic shop this week, so I might just pick up the trade just to read it. Cool. The only other thing that I have to add would be, uh, please give us a review and rating, if possible, on Apple Podcasts. It's no longer Apple iTunes, it's Apple Podcasts, because the Apple is looking to get rid of the iTunes brand and everything. So if you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, that would be great. You could also hear us on Google Play as well and on Spotify. So just keep that in mind. You can check out our new website, which is www.panels2pixelspodcast.com. That will redirect you to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. That's a great way to connect with us. We uh, we have, haven't had a lot of feedback so far, but we're going to try to get a little better about putting up feedback posts and maybe some live threads or watch threads if we can do it on a Sunday night and, uh, other than that, you can also email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The two is right there in the middle, spelled out T-O. And the one is the number one at the end at gmail.com. Send us a, a email or a voicemail. We'd love to get voicemails. I don't think we've had, but have we had any so far? No, I have not no. received any. We have not had a voicemail on this, uh, this podcast yet. So I'm uh, challenging somebody. Send us a voicemail. I don't care about. Jessica Jones, Marvel, about anything, anything. <laughs> Send us a voicemail. We want to hear what you sound like. You hear what we sound like all the time. I love sending in voicemails to podcasts. I love it. I love it. I love to hear people laugh when they, when they hear my, my voice come on because I'm saying something funny, hopefully not because they're amused at me. I hope. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, send us some feedback at our Facebook group or at our email or at our webpage, panels to pixelspodcast.com. And with that, we will be podcasting next week. That would be August 22nd, the Thursday of 2019. So if you could send us any feedback, please leave it on our Facebook page or our Gmail. And have that in by August 21st, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. And that would be awesome if you guys could do that because uh, that way we could get your comments, your your thoughts on the episode that's coming out on August 18th. 
And then Absolutely. that way we can incorporate it into our podcast. The more the merrier. We love everybody's input, anybody's thoughts. So. All right. Any last thoughts, Mark? Uh, uh, I always think a lot of things, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Mark's gathering his final thoughts. Uh, just uh, check me out. I, 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 sin- I submit feedback to various different podcasts. Legion Cast just wrapped up the show Legion uh, the other day. I sent in feedback to them. As I mentioned before, I sent in for Killjoys. I'm sending in for Lost, for We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited rewatch uh, all these podcasts i love sending them my feedback and you can hear my voice if you like it and if you don't you can fast forward through it yeah and if you listen to the walking dead talk through or walking dead cast you'll hear two different versions of his feedback which is pretty cool i think it's awesome to hear two different versions like i'll listen to jason's podcast and be like oh that's yeah, Steve. I, I actually felt bad this week when I was listening to Walking Dead cast because I realized that a lot of the points they were saying were in my voicemail that I sent to Walking Dead talk through. So <laughs> you copy. <laughs> no, no. It was just it was just the fact that it just happened to be that everything that I think it was uh, I think it was Lucy, a lot of the same points that she had were the same things that I that I had already thought about and uh, we just uh, agreed on a lot of things and but it wasn't in my voicemail that i sent to them it was in the voicemail that i sent uh, and to, keep in mind to- everybody jason gets his podcast out literally pretty much like a day or two after the episode airs we get ours out probably i would say about four to five days afterwards so there's no way for them to actually get that information yeah. from <laughs> Steve from no, our podcast. They, no, it was just fun. To, it was fun to hear, and I can't wait to hear uh, Walking Dead talks with this week. Yeah, and with that, you could also hear me with Brian Malosh and Kyle on TalkThroughMedia.com. That's the the new website for our podcast, which would be for Walking Dead Talk Through, the new Picard cast, uh, Star Trek. What is it? Discovery. <laughs> discovery see i don't even get involved in that i can't remember i'm terrible (laughs) i'm a bad friend uh and you know we're gonna have all these podcasts we're looking into having another person come on with another podcast as well possibly so uh talk through media is coming along it has a soft open so you could actually go through go to talkthroughmedia.com and see the list of podcasts that we have. We have older podcasts. We have the Star Trek Discovery podcasts there for the most part. We have all of the Walking Dead talk through, including Fear the Walking Dead talk through. Kyle's currently working on the editing of this week's tonight as we record. So by the time you hear this, you could actually go hear the new Fear the Walking Dead talk through. And with that, uh, we're working on other things like a an actual email for feedback for those particular podcasts, as well as a call-in number, so that way you could actually reach out with voicemail, which actually I'm looking to do for this particular podcast myself. So that way you could just call a number and I'll be able to download it, and then if you have uh, anything you want to just say voice-wise, it'd be awesome. That way we could just play it. And go from there. So there's a lot of things in the pipeline right now for all of us to do, including this podcast and not just uh, talk through media. 
we always recommend that you go out and listen to uh, everybody on the Next Level Podcast Network. There are so many other podcasts on the network for Next Level that are awesome. I would definitely check out the Celebrity Spotlight with Ben Beck. Definitely, we have to go back with Ben and Kristen. And there's a few others that just eludes my mind at the moment. But I love them all, and I love being part of this network, too. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels of Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night.